0: Welcome to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with attorney Bill Alexander and Bill, we've made it to July halfway through the year. Yeah,
1: here you go. Welcome to July for for sure. Uh, You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it just always blows my mind how fast uh, the days and months seem to go by, and maybe that's more true as we get older, I don't know, but it it seems to, you know, it just seems to whiz by, uh, and in fact, in that vein, uh, you know, today is, is July the 1st, uh, so we're past June, but, you know, June w- was an important month, and uh, a lot of folks would not be... Knowledgeable of the fact that June was actually Elder Abuse Awareness Month, and of course I did talk uh, from time to time in June about different uh, elder abuse issues, but truthfully, and this is not unlike me, I didn't get to finish <laughs> some of the things that I, I was uh, discussing when it, but you know, when it came down to, I mean, all of the, the different scams and other issues that seniors face. I mean, there's so many people that mistakenly believe that, uh, you know, for those in our golden years, if you will, uh, or those of us who have retired, that life is easy. Life, life is, you know, a piece of cake, and, and uh, you know, it's all— all about enjoying the, you know, our golden years. And, you know, you walk off into the sunset holding hands and isn't life wonderful. And the fact is that for the majority of seniors, life isn't that way at all. I mean, it's pretty damn difficult. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and quite frankly, um, uh Folks need help because seniors are forced to making decisions about important matters to them. It's not a. It's not all about are we going to run out of money or how are we going to leave our legacy to our children and grandchildren. Although that's one of the things that obviously is important to people um, having enough money to retire, uh, and of course. Um, Uh, For the most part, um, even though life expectancy, this will surprise some folks, that life expectancies in the United States has actually fallen in the last few years. Now, that's not true for all Americans, because those of us who are relatively well-to-do, our life expectancies are Uh, Increasing, in other words, um, we have the expectation of living longer than our parents, and and you know, because medical care in the United States is considered to be, uh, for some people, the best in the world. And and the fact is, is that our healthcare system is pretty awful. Uh, for the most part, it's it's not even controlled by doctors anymore. Our healthcare system is controlled by insurance companies, uh, and uh, that's a that that's a huge problem. And uh, I mean, there's just so many problems. It's hard, to, uh, you know, hard to describe them all. But going back to elder abuse, you know, the biggest one of the issues that seniors have to face is, who will I call on if I need assistance? You know, when you're 30 and 40 and 50 years old, you don't have that issue because typically you're the one who's taking care of everything, right? And uh, uh, and, and so, uh, it, you know, both of uh, you and your spouse are both healthy and life is wonderful and you're immortal. Uh, you're going to live forever uh, and you're going to be healthy forever and, and all of that good stuff. But the fact is, is that uh, as you age, you realize that your body doesn't work quite as well. And uh, you worry about things that, um, th- that could go wrong, quite frankly. Um, so the, the, the point is, is, is decisions that seniors have to make every year. Regarding their health care plan, about Medicare, and they have to reevaluate their health care plan every year. You think that's easy? It's not. And, and drug plans, same way. You know, a drug plan that might work for you this year won't work for you next year. So, guess what? If you don't reevaluate it every year, and that's complex. Uh, and, 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 and it's real easy to get bad information because so much advertising goes on to try to convince you to pick this plan or that plan. And, uh, and unless you do some objective analysis over which plans are available to you and which ones might be better than another, you'll get screwed. And, and so many people think, well, I, I went through all that five years ago. The plan I have should work just fine. And the fact is that oftentimes that is not the case, and so many people need to reevaluate their plan every darn year, and they need help to do it. So, Or they are confused about their finances, and they need help uh, with their investments, or they need help with paying their bills or reviewing uh, their bank statements or things like that. So who are they gonna call on to help them with that? Uh, Well, here's the sad statistic, that when it comes to elder abuse, the greatest percentage of people who take advantage are what do you think? Who do you think it is?
0: I'm I'm afraid to say it might be family.
1: You're exactly right. 80% of elder abuse is with family members. And obviously, we're talking about a family. Generally, it's one family member who is given the ability to take advantage, either by being put on a bank account or given... Uh, uh, in other words, appointed as the power of attorney, the agent, in order to care for things. And the, and the parent has chosen very poorly uh, someone who needs uh, help themselves or they uh, may be bankrupt or they may have an abusive spouse or they may have other issues where they're more concerned about their own ability to to live and they feel like they're entitled to take the money from the parents uh, you know and and so in essence the parent has made a very poor choice as to who to rely on for financial assistance now there are also lots of scams there are lots of other crooks out there who are ready and willing to take advantage of uh, folks, and of course, their primary target is who? Seniors, of course. And of course, uh, uh, the, the if you drill down to those seniors that they're really looking for, because there's a higher percentage of success in taking advantage of them, it's seniors who were in their late seventies or early eighties or older, living alone. Uh, owning a home, uh, which basically means they have some money uh, that generally could be taken advantage of, uh, because the scammers know that about 10% of seniors who are in uh, those uh, situations have memory issues. They have early onset dementia of some sort, uh, so they confuse Easily uh, and far, and all seniors, including this group, want what they want to stay at home, they want to stay independent. The scammers know this, so they take advantage of that psychological weakness, and that's why scamming is so darn successful. Um, now, what's another issue for? Uh, seniors as we age. Well, just, you know, two big things. Oftentimes, our hearing is not as good or our sight is not as good. And obviously, those are weaknesses that, again, can be taken advantage of by scammers. And scammers come in all forms. There are people that come to your door, uh In your at your home and basically say, oh, we're we're doing roofing down the and we noticed that your roof had some problems and we thought we we can give you a huge discount, you know, and we'll go up there and fix this for five hundred dollars and and that's what the person hears and then they come to the door and it's like, all right, well write us a check for five thousand dollars and of course the scammers haven't done anything at all other than probably some mischief. <laughs> But uh, and then the senior thinks, oh, did, did they actually say five thousand dollars? I thought it was five hundred, but they, they must have said five thousand, and I must just not have heard them. I mean, those are the types of scams. Uh, but you know, email scams, telephone call scams, uh, you name it, scams. They're they're out there. So uh, now. One thing that good family members can rel- can help with is the fact that there is federal law that requires fiduciaries and requires institutions such as your bank and financial institutions to put protections in place to uh, assist. Uh, I mean, obviously it's not perfect, but to assist in uh, helping seniors avoid uh, these scams and frauds that occur. Uh, and I've mentioned this before, but I, uh, obviously I don't mention it enough. Uh, but it, it's uh, federal laws that, that can be used for any time a senior uh, feels like they've been taken advantage of. And if there's a recourse, because you're dealing with uh, uh, any kind of business, uh, oftentimes, a senior can, in fact, uh, use federal law uh, to get some redress as it relates to help resolving uh, issues far more than younger people can. So that's a good thing. Financial institutions, your banker, your you know, if if you have a loved one who's a senior and Uh, you're afraid that they're susceptible to being taken advantage of by anyone, whether it's a family member or a scammer or the like, uh, because they are weak-minded or they're being taken advantage of or unduly influenced, then yes, you can go to the bank, make sure you talk to the manager, uh, uh, talk to them about the issues going on, uh, and ask for some protections to be put in place. Uh, in terms of uh, delaying transactions that look suspicious and, and things like that. And quite frankly, the banks have an obligation and the financial institutions like your broker-dealers, they have obligations to help you, if, particularly if, they, if you've informed them. So I would inform them orally and in writing And ask for them to put protections in place if you have these kinds of problems. Now, it's not a perfect solution, but it certainly helps. Um, So anyway, just thought I would mention that. And, And I know I go on too long, and I want to come back and talk about July for a minute before I get into a few other things.
0: We will get into a discussion on July. The 4th of July holiday is just around the corner. And folks, well, I mean, it—you <laughs> know, this is
1: July 4th weekend.
0: <laughs> well, you know, some people don't have Monday off. You know, some of us do have to go in. But I know you here at the office, you, you've so graciously right. given the staff Monday off. So you are in 4th of July weekend. It is a nice time of the year. And don't forget, Bill's webinars are just around the corner as well, happening on Wednesday, July 12th. A wonderful opportunity for you to learn more from Bill. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, and other forms of financial assistance that may be available to you if you or a loved one are dealing with a long-term care crisis, this is a great opportunity for you to learn more from Bill at zero cost to you. Go to wgalaw.com, click on the seminars button at the top of the page. You can easily register for the morning webinar happening on Wednesday, July 12th. That is the one that deals with long term care assistance. The one happening on the afternoon of July 12th deals with asset protection and trust planning. Both of these are in the form of webinars, so you can enjoy them from the comfort of your own home. All you need is a device with internet access and an email address and you're good to go again there's no cost to you it's free to attend free to register go to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button to learn more we're taking a quick break but we'll be right back this is asset protection today with attorney bill alexander we'll be back after this Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to register for Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, July 12th. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page to learn more about long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and Bill, we... Had a nice little discussion on elder law abuse, and we're going to have a little bit more of discussion on that. But if we also want to talk about, it's July.
1: No question about it. And yes, my office is closed uh, Monday uh, prior to the Fourth of July, which is on Tuesday. So my folks will get a nice long weekend and enjoy the heck out of it because this is a very special holiday for Americans and and for us. Um, but I, I wanted to mention uh, the fact that um, in this area, uh, there's lots of celebrations, lots of fireworks, music, the, the whole bit. And in fact, there are celebrations going on, uh, sponsored by every municipality in this area, on the 3rd, the 4th and the 5th, if you can believe that. So in essence, uh, you you can party every afternoon and evening uh, uh, on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday in this area. Of course, the big events, uh, the big municipalities, Raleigh, Cary, uh, Morrisville, and others are on the 4th. So Dorothea Dix in Raleigh and Coca Booth and Cary uh, are big firework displays on the 4th and um, I believe Garner and a few others are on the third, and then I know there's at least one uh, in this area on the fifth. But I, I have to mention for those families that are looking uh, for more than just fireworks that uh, the, the pro- to me the the most special Fourth of July celebration in North Carolina. Occurs each year in Montreat, North Carolina. Uh, it, it is a small community, if you will, in the mountains uh, just outside of Black Mountain, which is about 15 miles this side of Asheville. But if you want to, to see an old-fashioned uh, 4th of July, Montreat is the place to be. And in fact, on the 4th of July, now Montreat is, is a wonderful uh, area. It, it uh, was and is Pres- the Presbyterian Assembly grounds. Uh, so there are special activities. There's a club program for kids from kindergarten through high school uh, for the entire week. Uh, but 4th of July is celebrated there in a big way. And in the morning, and it normally people Get there at nine o'clock. It starts at ten. There's a big old-fashioned Fourth of July parade. Uh, and now there there'll be parades, uh, you know, in a lot of a lot of towns. But fact is, this this parade has lots and lots of young people, and fire engines, and bagpipers, and and uh, antique vehicles, and lots of families involved, and and it's just an extraordinary event, and it's followed uh, by a flag raising uh, uh, songs and prayers and and the like Uh, the afternoon is filled with activities and in evening of the 4th of July they have one of the the uh, largest square dances anywhere Uh, I would say you could expect a thousand or two uh, at the square dance and you know anyone from you know three years old to to a hundred years old, will be out there square dancing, and and it's just a fabulous event. So, for those who want an all-day, old-fashioned Fourth um, of July, Montreat, North Carolina, is the is the place to be, and it's it's uh, absolutely a wonderful, uh, heartwarming event. Now, with that said. Um, I want to mention the fact that the 4th of July uh, is an important holiday. Uh, Now, what is it? It's Independence Day. But the fact, and, and this is the one thing that I wanted to point out. Our Independence Day was not the day we became independent it was the day we declared our independence. In other words, uh, when the 13 colonies of uh, the British crown, if you will, declared on July 4th, 1776, with the Declaration of Independence, signed in, in Independence Hall in Philadelphia, of course it wasn't called Independence Hall back then, but the fact is, it was when we declared our independence. It was not when we became independent of the British crown. And of course, um, in in essence, the point is that it was when we decided that this that these uh, colonies, these states, should be independent. And and governed a, a differently than by a, the king of England, uh, you know, which was ruled, you know, with an iron fist, which was not based on laws, but but based on whatever the king wanted it to be. And um, you know, part of it was taxation without representation. You know, that was part of it, uh, but at the uh, a big part of it actually. But the fact is and the point is that once independence was declared, we had to fight for it. And the fact is not everybody in the country, not everybody in those 13 states were pleased with the fact that, uh, that uh, the majority of folks wanted independence from Great Britain. Uh, the fact is there were a lot of folks who were loyal to the king that, that fought alongside the British troops. Uh, uh, and guess what? We have the same thing today. We, we don't have agreement among folks. Uh, it was like there, you know, our political divisions are pretty horrible today. In fact, it's, it's the worst it's ever been, I think, in the history of this country, which uh, I think is pretty god-awful. But the fact is, is there's never going to be unanimity when it comes to government. And there will always be disagreements among liberals and conservatives and libertarians and every, everybody in between. But the fact is that this country, we have to continue the fight if we want to stay free and independent. Because we, our Constitution is fragile. Our government. Is fragile it requires the support of the people and, and Americans have never been good about understanding how our government works we've never been good about voting which is tragic you know other countries they'll have a hundred percent of the population who actually vote we're lucky if we get half the people out to vote but the fact is is that people need to understand the Constitution and how our government should operate, and of course, being a country of laws, where laws dictate how this government should operate, how we as citizens should operate, under a country of laws, a nation of laws, not based on what one person thinks it should be one way or the other. and. You know, it's the kind of thing where the point I want to make is July 4th is an important day to remember that we declared our independence, but that we had to fight to make to, to actually make it happen. And the fact is we're still in that fight, if you get right down to it, not physically, hopefully, but the, we still have um, uh, to fight to keep what we have and that is so important to us that we that we when we celebrate our Independence Day we need to recognize that it was simply our declaration that we wanted to be free and that we were going to do what we could do to be free.
0: That is very well said Bill you always have some interesting perspective when it comes to the history of this country and what it took to get here. And uh, I think you said that perfectly. And that's some food for thought as we head in to the 4th of July. Don't forget, make it your resolution, make it your declaration to attend one of Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, July 12th. If you wanna learn more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, this is a wonderful free opportunity for you to learn more from Bill. These are highly educational sessions and there's, again, no cost. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register, free to attend, and these are currently in the form of webinars so you can attend from the comfort of your own home. WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. 919 256 7,000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. listening to asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him. Maybe you've got some documents that you need to have reviewed, or maybe you would like to have a set of documents created for yourself. Go to WGA Law.com, schedule some time to speak with Bill, or you can click on the seminars button at the top of the page of WGA Law.com if you want to Register and attend one of Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, July 12th. If you or a loved one may be dealing with a long-term care crisis, this is a great opportunity for you to learn more about financial assistance that may be available to you. Or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button at the top of the page to learn more. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, I just mentioned that you do have your webinars coming up pretty soon on July 12th. And part of your asset protection and trust planning webinar uh, deals a lot with having a trusted individual to help you out and make sure that uh, your wishes can be executed in a way that you desire. Well,
1: no question about it. Uh, A part of estate planning, an important part is what I call life planning. And life planning uh, comes in different forms. But one uh, important thing for folks to do when they're doing their legal documents and planning is appointing an agent, uh, a power of attorney, someone authorized to sign your name. to well, to two things. Number one, there's what we call a financial agent, one who does business transactions for you. That's under what we call a general durable power of attorney. And unlike most attorneys, and uh, and actually this is common among elder law attorneys for seniors, uh, we, we tend to believe in enhanced powers of attorney for financial decision making, which basically means we're giving our agent a lot of authority. You know, most of your common powers of attorney uh, are um, and give much less authority. But when you're trying to do asset protection, you have to have very broad authority to move property around. And uh, most powers of attorney don't give people that kind of authority. And so uh, that's why we do believe in enhanced powers, for particularly for seniors. So what does that mean? It means you better appoint somebody that you have absolute trust in. No question about it. There's no question about the fact that they would uh, never turn against you, never steal a nickel from you, those, those kinds of things are very important and so it's really important for folks when they're appointing someone to act as their agent whether for finances or health care because those are the two powers of attorney that are so important um, it's important that it's going to be somebody who will always do what you would want done um, now What that means is is, uh, that you have to be very careful on who you choose as your agent. Now, uh, the most common agent for most people is gonna be, number one, their spouse. Uh, That's assuming that, of course, that it's a good marriage. Oftentimes, uh, sometimes that's not the case if it's not a first marriage. Uh, particularly if there are children by previous marriages, um, it, 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 then, then of course, if it's not going to be the spouse, it might be a sibling, brother or sister. It might be a child. But, you know, there are a lot of folks that think, oh, well, we need to pick our oldest child or we need to pick uh, the child who lives in this area, not the one who lives uh In Texas or or wherever. Uh, And the fact is that's not necessarily the case. Now, if the oldest child happens to be the best child, the one who you can trust absolutely, that's a good choice. But if the oldest child is not that, and and oftentimes uh, one of the children who might live here or might live with you is might be the worst choice. It might be the person who's the most dependent on you for their livelihood. You know, they live with you, so they're not out there in their home house having to pay the bills. You're paying the utility bills, and you're paying, and, and they're basically, uh, uh, I won't call it a parasite, but they're basically living off of you. Well, that's not necessarily... a a good thing unless they have given up their life to come live with you to take care of you. Now, that's a different circumstance uh, that we've talked about from time to time as a caregiver. But if they're just living with you so they don't have to pay rent somewhere else or they can't afford it uh, or they've got financial troubles or they've got drug problems or they've got other kinds of problems, obviously that's not a good choice. Sometimes in order to uh, make sure that everything is, is done right, you have to pick two people to work together, you know, two children. That, that way they would have to conspire in order to take advantage of you, and, and uh, sometimes that can help. But, you, you know, um, one thing that lawyers don't always uh, see is when there's marital problems. Obviously, if if there's some marital problems going on, you may not want to pick your spouse as your agent. You may want one of your children or a sibling as your agent. So the point I'm trying to make is that you, you shouldn't just have a default agent because it's your spouse or it's your uh, your oldest child or or the like. Uh, there needs to be the trust factor in there uh, and, and um, you know those kind of factors can can be extremely important to you. Now obviously you typically don't have the same kind of issues with health care uh, decisions uh, that you do with financial decisions. But of course, your healthcare agent needs to be or should be of like mind. In other words, do they think like you do when it comes to healthcare decision making? Because sometimes people have really strong opinions how things should be or should not be. And if those strong opinions are not consistent with your own opinion, then that person would make a lousy healthcare agent. On the other hand, if, if they agree with you 99% of the time on healthcare uh, decisions, that would be a person that would make a good agent. Because in North Carolina, <coughs> excuse me, in North Carolina, the number one rule of fiduciary uh, obligation of an agent is to make decisions consistent with what you personally would do. That's their obligation. It's only when they don't know what you would do that they have to use their judgment to do what's in your best interest. And, and so, again, uh, making that choice is really, really important. Um, so uh, with, with that, um, I'll, I'll leave it at that, and I know we need to take a break. But w- when we come back, I want to talk about uh, what happens when you have a loved one who has no documents and you can't convince them to get documents?
0: That's a good. Good discussion to have because that can be quite a frustrating experience for anyone experiencing that. And making sure that you do have a trusted individual, you've appointed an agent that you do trust, is really key when you have the right documents as a senior. If you have never seen an elder law attorney before, maybe you've had some documents drawn up in the past, but um, that wasn't with an elder law attorney Schedule some time to speak with Bill. Make sure that you have a set of documents that is going to accomplish exactly what you want and what you will need if you do encounter a long-term care situation. Go to WGALaw.com. You can, from there, schedule some time to speak with Bill. You can also call the office, 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. And don't forget at WGALaw.com, you can also register for free for Bill's free webinars. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page of WGALaw.com. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, as well as asset protection and trust planning, Bill's next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, July 12th. So sign up now. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page. We're taking a short break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about Bill at WGALaw.com. From there, you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can find information about Bill's free webinars. It's a great website, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're having a discussion about appointing agents, but we also want to get into a discussion on a situation where Maybe we've got a a family member that doesn't have documents. We know they need them, but they uh, are are pretty steadfast in not wanting to have that discussion.
1: Well, I mean, just recently I had a nice lady and her daughter come in to talk to me. And uh, uh, the lady's husband uh, is now in a nursing home, uh, bedridden, uh, obviously not, not doing well. And she had just received guardianship papers, um, and I had nothing to do with that, but um, she was told by the nursing home that she needed a guardianship. Now, you have to understand that the nursing home, their interest was having someone who had the ability to make health care decisions for the man, uh, and uh, a very interesting case because the, this lady and man uh, have been married over 50 years. Over fifty years, and they both had several children by previous marriage, and no children uh, in their marriage. But they, you know, like I said, that these were elderly people, uh, been married over fifty years. So uh, wonderful people. I mean, I, I mean, I only met the the wife, if you will, and her daughter. But the fact is that he refused to sign any documents whatsoever, so he has nothing. He has no will, no powers of attorney, and the like. And quite frankly, a guardianship uh, in this case was certainly appropriate. But her interest is also in, we don't have much money left. We have a home, and we're going to run out of money real soon, and— true no question about it and obviously her husband's health issues uh, affects her ability to live the rest of her life because obviously if all the money goes down the drain paying the nursing home uh, without Medicaid so obviously she was asking me okay how do we get on Medicaid? And of course, when I discussed this with her, it was, it was like, well, this is mighty complex. Uh, I don't, un- I don't fully understand it. And I was going, yeah, I, I get that. It is complex. It's these rules are intentionally made complex to make it difficult for folks to actually uh, get on Medicaid. But the fact is, all these systems are complex. Whether it's the Medicaid rules. Uh, the special assistance rules the uh, veterans rules they're all complicated and uh, you know and of course all of it's over overlaid with uh, tax issues in terms of uh, how taxes come into play and, and uh, those kinds of things and of course everybody knows the tax code is complicated uh, but the fact is, if it wasn't complicated, you wouldn't need lawyers and you wouldn't need CPAs. and, the, and the, uh, but but if it if it was easy to qualify, uh, then you know, but the fact is they aren't. These rules are complex, and people uh, who, I mean, one of the reasons why there's a myth that you know, once you don't have anything, the government's going to take care of you is because, uh, obviously, if you end up spending all your money on a nursing home and you have nothing left, then the likelihood of being eligible for Medicaid is pretty high if you need nursing facility care. But the fact is that's that's not the whole story. Uh, Paul Hervey would love this area, if you will, because the rest of the story is something else. But the bottom line is, part of it is our... We need to move the property from husband because half of the property is in his name and half the property is in the wife's name. We have to get get him eligible. We have to move the property from his name to hers. Well, bottom line is she can't do that. It would be illegal for her to do that without a court order. So we have to petition to get a court order, and that's going to take you know, probably six or seven weeks to get an order allowing her to do it. Well, time is money, so that's probably going to cost her about $30,000 in terms of uh, expenses before we can even do the planning to get him on Medicaid because we need a court order to do it. And so, not having documents is a huge problem. There's still solutions, and we we have them, but not having your documents, this is where this lady fell right into that trap. And it wasn't her fault. It was her husband's fault, but she still has to deal with it.
0: Not having the documents can create a lot of heartache and, boy, a lot of extra work on the other end. But there's a lot of saving and a lot of uh, grief that you can save yourself on the front end with some planning schedule some time to speak with someone about this get in touch with an elder law attorney if you want to get a hold of bill go to wgalaw.com or call the office 919-256-7000 a quick break and back with more this is asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we'll be right back You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget about Bill's webinars happening on Wednesday, July 12th. Go to WGALaw.com to register for free to attend Bill's free webinars. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance or learn more about asset protection and trust planning, WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page or call 919-256-7000 that will do it for us today on behalf of bill alexander i'm jason kong and you've been listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we hope you have a wonderful weekend and a great fourth of july